Wow, church, good morning. It is good to see your smiling face behind the mask, amen, uh, this morning as we come to the house of Lord for worship. And it is, uh, uh, let me just say a few things real quickly. It's good to see Miss Allie back with us this morning. And I know you, you know, and, and so, Brother Donnie, you didn't have to do that. Uh, but uh, that's what I do, amen. So, uh, but I know a lot of you know that, uh, no, she just didn't have a big breakfast this morning. Uh, but she is expecting, when's the due date? March 22nd. And so right one month before my birthday. And so that's, that would be good. And so I have a cousin born on that date. So March 22nd. And so we are excited about having another church baby. Amen. And so it gives us a chance to spoil them and to love on them and to teach them uh, the ways of, of the Word and the ways of the Lord. And so we are starting a brand new sermon series this morning. And so I'm going to give you a second to find your Bible. If you didn't bring one, there's one in front of you. We're going to turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 18 this morning. Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 18. And, you know, I, I didn't know, I knew Austin had adopted a dog and so, uh, Shaggy, if you're watching at home, uh, this would have been a great sermon series for you. What are you scared of? Austin. <laughs> and so we're going to change his name from youth pastor to, to pet abuser or something. And so, uh, you know, but... but uh, he, he is definitely learning to parent, and so Tlaine and I was joking with him this past week, and I told Brooklyn one day, I was like, you know, every time that we got a new pet, somehow Talena wound up giving birth nine months later, and uh, I don't know what happened there, and so we've quit getting pets, and, uh, and so we've stayed with the one we have now for like, she's almost 13 years old, I think, and so our little dog, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Shaggy, if you're watching, we'll pray for you. And, uh, and we'll pray for, for Austin. But Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 18, as we start a brand new sermon series. You can see the title of the sermon this morning is The Fear of Speech. So hope you have your, your sermon outline. Hopefully you got a pen or a pencil as we work through God's Word together this morning. Now, when we usually think about or when we hear the name of Moses, we think of a faithful man. We think of a strong leader. We think of a great example. We think of a man of courage. We think of a prophet of the Lord. When we think of Moses, we, we think about how God revealed himself through how. Does anybody remember their first, when they met, he was through a burning what? A burning bush. And how God revealed a plan and a purpose for Moses. And through that burning bush conversation, God revealed to Moses that he wanted him to be his spokesperson or his prophet. God also wanted Moses to march up to Pharaoh and demand that he let his people go. God also wanted Moses to lead the people out of Egypt into the promised land. God also wanted Moses to lead the Israelites back into a spiritual revival or a spiritual relationship with the Lord or Yahweh. But Moses also had questions. Moses also had some uncertainties, like here's some for example. Who am I? Who are you? How will anyone believe what I have to say. 
And so here's the bottom line. Moses had fears. He had fears. He felt inadequate to carry out God's plan. Moses had a fear that he would be alone. Moses had a fear of what people would think of him. And there was one more fear that Moses had that many people in the church face even today. And that's the fear of not knowing what to say or how to what or how to say it. So as we start this new series entitled, What Are You Afraid Of? The first fear that we're going to look at is the fear of speech. But it's not just the fear of speech that we're going to look at, but we're also going to see how God can use those fears of speech to turn us in to faithful voices. So let's read Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 18. Listen to what the Word of God says. Moses said to the Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. And watch what God says. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I? The Lord. Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. And when the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak. And will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform miraculous signs with it. And then look at verse 18. You can't leave this out. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father in law, and he said to him, Let me go back to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for a great day. Thank you for the sunshine, Lord, the cooler temperatures outside as we are changing, uh, transforming over into the fall season. Father, we thank you for Billy and the choir, uh, those who have sang this morning <clears throat> and prepared our hearts for worship, dear God. Thank you for letting us come. Thank you for letting us sing. Thank you for letting us give of our, our tithes, Father. And uh, God, as we come in here today, let's not take this for granted, Lord. Father, I realize this is just another Sunday on the calendar. But Father, today can be a great day. Today can be a day where lives are changed. Father, today can be a day when someone comes to Christ in a new relationship with you. Father, maybe today is a day when someone needs to come up and pray and ask for forgiveness or renewal. Father, maybe today <clears throat> this, this sermon... Lord, can, can remind us, Father, of just how strong our voices can be. Father, when we talk of you, when we teach of you, and we tell others of you. And so, Father, I pray this morning you're already stirring our hearts, God. Father, I pray this morning that we see you move in a mighty, mighty way, and that, Lord, your will will be done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said... Amen. And as you can tell, it's also allergy season. Thank God, right? 
and ragweed is everywhere. And so pray for your, each other and pray for your preacher. Uh, but I want to say this real, real quickly. Saving God's people. We're talking about Moses, talking about this fear of speech. Saving God's people out of Egypt. This was going to require a vocal leader to not only persuade the Pharaoh to let God's people go, but he also knew that he had to be a vocal leader. So the people, the Israelites, would what? So they would follow him. So they would trust in him. But I want you to look in verse 10 at what Moses says. He says, O oh Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. And he keeps making these excuses. He says, I'm what? I'm slow of speech and of tongue. And throughout the years, people have really speculated as to what Moses actually meant when he complained about his inability to speak. So maybe the problem was psychological, and he was shy in public, or maybe he lacked confidence. Maybe he had some type of, of speech impediment. Maybe Moses stammered and he stuttered, or maybe he was linguistically challenged and he had maybe lost his ability to speak in the Egyptian language. But whatever the problem may have been with Moses' speech, he sure seemed able to argue well enough with God, didn't he? And isn't that kind of how it always happens? And if Moses could argue with God, then surely he could exchange some communication with the Pharaoh. So in our scripture this morning, God teaches us that he can use our what? He can use our fears, he can use our inadequacies, and our lack of confidence in our speech and his, for his glory and for his service. And I would venture out to say this, for many Christians, this is one of the biggest fears that we have in our what? That we have in our life. We're okay with going to church, we're okay going and singing, we're okay getting involved, but we have this huge fear to talk about what God has done in our what? In our lives. We had this huge fear of inadequacy to say, well, I know I'm a Christian, but I just don't feel strong enough. I just don't feel good enough. I just feel really inadequate for me to share my faith with someone else. What God calls us to do. Isn't that what He builds us up to do? See, that's, that's one of the reasons why you're here this morning. Now, maybe you, you're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I came, but I'm here. Maybe this is, you need this. Because you've got to be around the church. You need to be around the church, and you need to be around other people that are teaching you, that are encouraging you, that have your back, that's willing to be there with you to teach God's Word to your life. You need this. Because there's going to come a time when somebody comes to you and says, can you share what God's done for you? I'm really struggling. And let's be honest, this world is struggling. This world needs Jesus now more than it ever has ever needed Jesus right now in 2020. We need to see people get saved. We need to see people get baptized. We need to see people come into the church and say, listen, I'm confused. I'm broken. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. My life is in shambles. Guess what? This is the perfect place for you. Amen? This is where you need to be. Because we want to love you. We want to encourage you. We want to get you connected. And we all know there's a pandemic. We all know there's a coronavirus going on. But I'm going to tell you something. There's always something in this world going on. 
There's always something in this world going on that's going to try to divert your attention away from God and into the world. So let's get started in our sermon outline. You ready? See, God reminded Moses and us of number one. God helps us overcome our fear of speech because we are what? Fearfully and wonderfully what? Made. God helps us overcome our fear of speech because we are fearfully and we're wonderfully made. God reminded Moses. God reminds us today that God made us exactly the way that he wanted to. It was God that gave us our eyes. It was God that gave us our mouth. It was God that gave us our ears. It was God that gave us our noses. It was God that gave us our hair or lack of hair. Amen. It was God that gave us our feet and God that gave us our toes and our fingers and our legs. God did this. He made us. He gave us our abilities. He gave us inabilities. And God can use these disabilities in a way to bring glory to God and to show people that all people, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter how you have whatever talent or gift you have or don't have, God can still what? Use you. You know, the Bible reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, that all who are in Christ have been given spiritual gifts and abilities. Church, hear this. The Scripture says, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Now, if I come to you today and I ask you personally, what is your spiritual gift or gifts? Would you be prepared to share those? Would you be prepared? Now, I'm going to tell you, here's the truth. Many Christians suppress their spiritual gifts. Why? Because of one word with four letters that starts with F and ends with R. Fear. They suppress those spiritual gifts because they are fear. But when you look at the Scripture, Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully what? Made. From God... For God and for each what? And for each other. What talent has God given you? Maybe your talent is a gift of teaching. Maybe your talent is a gift of encouraging. Maybe your talent is to take care of the sick, to lead and teach children and to lead youth. Maybe you've got a great voice. Maybe that's who you are. Maybe you have a great intellect. Maybe you're just good with people. Maybe you're a great door greeter. Maybe you're a great deacon. Maybe you're great in WMU. Maybe you're great in men's ministry. But you know what? Church, for those of you all that are here this morning that have been saved and you still don't know what your spiritual gift is, let me ask you a question. You ready? Why don't you know? Why don't you know? Because I'm going to tell you why. Because for many people, it's just easier to come in, take a seat, hear the word, and go what? And go home. And for many Christians, that's what we do. Because we like to be comfortable. We like to be relaxed. We don't want somebody convicting us. We don't want somebody stirring up our kitchen. We don't want to hear that on Sunday morning. Actually, many times, that's the last thing that we really want to hear. We'd rather our ears be tickled than us be convicted. Amen? That's where many people have gone today in the church. 
But whatever gift or gift God has given you, are you using it for God's glory? Are you using it for the church? And let me remind the church of this. God can also use our disabilities to bring glory to himself. How many of you all remember the story of Helen Keller? I'm sure there's several of you out here that remember this story. Helen Keller, at the age of two, became ill. She became blind, she became deaf, and she became mute. But this woman, even with her disability, she became an author. She became a political activist. She became a lecturer and the first deaf-blind person to ever earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. She also didn't let her disabilities keep her from knowing who? Knowing God. I want to read you a quote from her life. Listen to this quote from this woman's life who had every reason in her mind not to love God, not to believe in God, not to even want to be in the church. You ready? Here's a quote from her life. Things I thank God every day of my life. Thinks that he has given me the knowledge of his works. Deep thinks that he has set in my darkness the lamp of faith. Deep darkest thinks that I have another life to look forward to. A life of joyous with light and flowers and heavenly song. That came from Helen Keller. See, no matter how strong, no matter how weak we may be, we can live for God's glory. Amen? And Moses may have thought lowly of himself, but God uses our weaknesses for his what? For his strength and for his glory. God also reminded Moses and us, number two, you ready? God helps us overcome our fear of speech because God is what? He's always what? He's, he's always with us. And, and look what he says in verse 12 to Moses. He says, now go, two words. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to, what to say. So God was telling Moses that he would be with him, he would be his mouth, and he would help him learn what it is that he needed him to say. This takes me back to something that Jesus said himself. Matthew 10, verse 19. Jesus told the disciples, he said, when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Now, church, listen, we know that we're not Moses. We know that we're not one of the original disciples. But God's Spirit lives in those who have Christ in their hearts, and he has promised us from the book of Hebrews 13, 5, that he will never leave you and that he will never what? And that he will never forsake you. So whatever abilities, whatever inabilities, whatever disabilities that we possess, they can be used for God's glory. And God says, I will always be what? I will always be with you. Many, many people are always so scared to teach or to lead something in a church. They're afraid of speech. They're afraid that they're not going to be adequate enough. They're afraid, well, I may say something wrong, or I may do something wrong. I just don't know, Brother Donnie, if I can do that. Well, the Bible tells you, and you ought to know this this morning, just from this, God says, I'm going to help you because I'm what? I am always what? with you. There's not a time in your life that God is not what? 
that he is not with you. And so no matter what you do, well, if you're a deacon or WMU, a Sunday school teacher, a door greeter, if you're teaching a small group, a women's study, a men's study, the Bible says if the Holy Spirit lives within you, he's always going to be with you and he's going to help you with what you need to what? With what you need to say. That's God's promises to you. That's what he does for you. That's a great blessing to know that God loves us so much that no matter where we go or what we do in this life, that God's always what? That he's always with us. And don't people need that? Amen. Don't people need that? You know, listen to me, church. We're living in a time right now where people are lonely. We're living in a time right now where depression rates are on the what? On the rise. We're living in a time right now where I see all these quotes, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, life is so hard and life is so difficult and I hate life and I hate the world and I just hate, 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 and hate. Let me tell you something. That's exactly where Satan wants you to be. He wants you to hate. He wants you to lie. He wants you to steal. He wants you to feel defeated. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to have anxiety. He wants you to be mad. He wants you to be cruel. He wants you to be everything that God doesn't want you to be. Amen? He wants you to feel trapped in your life. As though you don't have hope, as if you don't have joy, as if you don't have love. And he knows if he can get you there, that you'll pull more what? You'll pull more people in with you because misery loves company. Misery loves company. But my God says that I still love you no matter who you are. My God says, I loved you so much, I sent my son to die for you. My God loves you so much that he says, I'm going to be with you. I'll be your tongue. I'm going to be your ears. I'm going to let you know what it needs to be said. I'm giving you confidence to be the person that I have made you to what? Made you to be. God has a plan for your what? A plan for your life. But don't let fear close the door on God's plan. For your life. And that's exactly what fear will do. And then lastly, God reminded Moses and us, number three, God helps us overcome our fear of speech, but it's up to us to what? To trust and obey. You know, this is simplistic even for a child to, to, to digest and to understand what God wants for their life. Because listen, church, by the time God had instructed Moses to go, which this wasn't the first, it wasn't the second, it wasn't the third, this was the fourth time, Moses had ran out of what? He had ran out of questions, and he had ran out of excuses, and he finally tells God, which I'm telling you, this is the God's honest truth. Many of us Christians have been there. Are you ready? Lord, please send someone what? Else. I don't want to sing in the choir. Lord, what? Send someone else. I don't want to be a door greeter. Lord, send someone else. Lord, I don't want to be a Sunday school teacher. Lord, send someone else. Lord, I don't want to help in the nursery. I don't want to help with the children. I don't want to help with the men's ministry, the women's ministry, the WMU, the BYW. I could keep going on and on and on. Lord, send someone else. And God's already been knocking on your door. Trying to send who? Trying to send you. 
He's already been knocking on your door trying to send you. It seems the real issue with Moses was not that he couldn't do the task, which was to persuade the Pharaoh to let the people go. Or that people wouldn't believe him, that he was slow in speech. But really the real issue, the core issue, was that Moses' fear, it made him reluctant to trust and obey who? And obey God. His fear made him reluctant to trust and obey God. And the more he understood what God was asking him to do, the more reluctant he became. And he finally says, Lord, don't send who? Don't send me, God. Can you imagine how many blessings you're missing out on your life when God knocks on your door and he's trying to send you, but you say to him, Lord, don't send what? Lord, don't send me. Do you think this is what I I wanted to do? Do, do, you, do you think this is what I grew up as a kid telling my mom and dad, when I get this age, I want to be a preacher? There's never been a preacher in our family. Do you think when I got married at, at 21, 22, however old I was, do you think I looked at my wife and I said, Talena, when, when I start getting a little bit more mature and the way that I act, this is what I want to be? No. But I will tell you this, in my testimony, when I was going through school, when I was sitting in a college class, almost done with the degree that I was going into, God knocked on my door and he said, do you want peace, Donnie? And I said, yes, God. Then you're going to do what I want you to do. And you know what I told God? I told God the same thing that Moses told him. Lord, don't send me. I'm not the best speaker. I'm not the most eloquent. People are not going to listen to me. Don't send me. And then God didn't give me a choice. God didn't give me a choice. He said, okay, God, this is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. Because you notice, I didn't say this is what I would do. I said, Lord, this is what we'll do. And so how many times have any of us felt like Moses? How many times has the fear of inadequacy and, and the fear of being ridiculed and laughed at are sometimes hard to conquer, but does God expect less of us than he did of Moses? In verse 14, the Bible says that the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Now, the Bible teaches us in Exodus 34, 6, that the Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love and faithfulness. And so when the Bible says that God is slow to anger, it doesn't say that God doesn't become what? Angry. But God's anger is not like our anger. Why? Because God doesn't sin in his what? God doesn't sin in his anger. But at this point with Moses, God had a right to be angry with Moses. He had patiently answered all of his questions, and he had even promised him that he would go with Moses as Moses went. So it almost seems that God compromised with Moses. He said, look, I'll even get your brother who speaks well. But but Moses, the mouthpiece, you're, you're, you're going to be the mouthpiece of God. He said, he will speak to the people for you, and it would be as, as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. And so there's this great compromise. And then in verse 18, we finally see Moses' fear turn to faith. As he goes back to his father-in-law and he says to him, let me go back to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still what? 
alive. You know, getting Moses to toss his, his fears aside and to finally trust and obey, it, it was a tedious task. But Moses was the man that God had chosen to carry out that specific task. And so church, let me ask you, you ready? What's God want you to do? What does God specifically and personally, what does he want you to do? Now, I realize over the last seven months, we, we, we've lost this a little bit. Amen. We've been really more concerned. Well, we're just glad that we can be in the house of God. But the commission hasn't changed. It's not changed. We're still responsible. We're supposed to be reaching out to people. We're supposed to be inviting. We're supposed to be sharing. Did you know you're the only one that can do what God's called you to do? You're the only one that can do it. As a Christian, it's normal to have fears and questions. And even times we have doubts. Let's just be honest. But 2 Timothy reminds us, God but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was mocked. He, he was smirked. abilities. But Paul said these words. He said, I may not be a trained speaker, but I do have knowledge. You know, I, I would love for us just to be able to come to some understanding that we look at each other and we say, you know, I may not be a trained speaker, but I do possess the Holy Spirit. I do have Jesus Christ in my life. You don't have to be a trained speaker. You don't have to have a biblical degree to be a great speaker, but you need some knowledge, and this is why the church is always urging you to be in your what? To be in your Bible. To learn together. So we are ready when opportunities arise to share our faith and our mission. Now listen, church. There's a lot of things that people want to share with people that they've learned throughout their life that are good things, that are great things. But what is the best thing that you can share with someone else? Your what? Your faith. That's the best thing that you can share with someone is your faith. All of us have certain fears in this life. I've seen Christians that are willing to be the hands of God. I've seen Christians that are willing to be the feet of God. But many Christians are afraid to speak about God. I've seen this. I'm going to ask you something. When's the last time you shared your testimony? When's the last time that you shared your testimony? And I don't mean in front of a mirror. I mean to someone else. When's the last time you told someone how good God has been to you? Or maybe you're Moses and you're arguing with God and you're telling yourself that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're, you're not eloquent enough. Let me share something personal with you real quick. You ready? The man that led me to Jesus, he did not have a biblical degree. He did not have a seminary degree. But he did possess the Holy Spirit. And he did possess a love for Jesus. And he did possess a love for the church. That's what he had. And if we have those things... I believe the church can move mountains. Amen. That's what we need to remember who we are. 
So maybe this morning you need to come and you need to pray for strength. Maybe you need to come and pray that you would be more willing. Maybe you need to just come and pray that your fear won't overcome your faith, but your faith will overcome your your fears. The psalmist said in Psalm 71, My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation all day long. And when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Wow. Church, I have to ask you, how many of you all are dealing with this subject right now? How many of you are dealing with the issue that you're afraid to speak? That you're afraid to share your testimony? That you're afraid to share what God has done in your life? I realize this is not 1990. I realize this is not 1980, 1950, when things seem to be a lot simpler. But the Great Commission has still not changed. God's expectations of us have still not changed. And listen to me. God is putting people in your world. God is putting people at your door. God is putting people in your path that you are responsible for sharing the gospel with. Are we doing it? Or is the fear of not being able to say, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to say it. I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. Listen, that's where Satan wants you to be. But God says, I'm with you. I'll give you the words. I'll be with you every step of the way. Maybe some of you need to just come and pray for that reassurance this morning. Maybe some of you just need to come and say, God, take this fear away from me. And Lord, help me be your hands. Help me be your feet. Help me be your mouth. As Billy comes and we get ready to sing this morning, and as you stand, this is your invitation, church. This is your opportunity to come. This is your opportunity to pray. This is your opportunity to give your fear to God and say, Lord, you take the fear and let me reaffirm my faith. Will you come this morning as we sing?